This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. After one of the longest and most high-profile murder trials in Ireland, Patrick Quirk was found guilty of the murder of Bobby Ryan, aka Mr. Moonlight, in 2011. But now, in a shock decision, the Supreme Court has ruled that the seizure of a computer from Quirk's home during the Garda investigation was in fact unlawful. I'm Kevin Doyle, and in this bonus episode of the Indo Daily, I'm joined by the Irish Independent's legal affairs editor, Shane Phelan, to tell us why this decision is so significant and what could be next for the convicted killer. Shane Phelan, you're not somebody who would be known to be prone to exaggeration, but you used the phrase bombshell decision in your copy when reporting on this case today. Before we get into that, can you remind me of the story of... Bobby Ryan and Patrick Quirk. Yeah, so Bobby Ryan described in the Supreme Court ruling today as a busy man of wide interests. Uh, He went missing on the 3rd of June uh, 2011 uh, for no apparent reason. There was no messages or uh, left by him or calls to his family. uh, Just vanished. He just vanished. People were kind of alarmed. Searches went on for... Uh, a long period and it wasn't until 22 months later that the accused in this case Patrick Quirk notified Gardy that he'd found human remains in a tank on a farm that he'd been leasing for some years at Fawnagown in County Tipperary um, now this happened to be the farm owned by Mary Lowry and uh, Patrick Quirk had for a period of about four years been involved in a, a, an extramarital affair with Mary Lowry who was a widow and uh, at the time that Bobby Ryan went missing, he was romantically involved with Mary Lowry. So here you had uh, a situation where uh, this farmer was finding the body of somebody that could be perceived to have been a love rival. And so Patrick Quirk went on trial for the murder. Um, we heard lots of evidence. It was one of the longest running trials in the history of the state. There was things such as letters to the agony aunt in the Sunday Independent. There was some evidence that was, I suppose, of a very tabloid nature that uh, came out through the whole trial about the nature of the relationship between Mary Lowry and Patrick Quirk. And ultimately, a jury found him guilty of murder. But the decision today honed in in relation to 
a vital part of the evidence that led the jury to reach that conclusion. Yeah, so like this was a really a circumstantial case. There was no murder weapon. Uh, there was no murder scene. Um, there was even, a, 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 I suppose, a disagreement as to the precise mechanism of death or how Bobby Ryan came to die. And um, what you had was a very circumstantial case where various strands were woven together by uh, the prosecution. And when all of these strands were woven together, you had a jury who agreed, yes, this man was guilty. And the uh, the issue here um, with this appeal was related specifically to uh, the seizure of a computer from uh, Patrick Quirk's house. Why was that important? That was important because uh, when the guards looked at this computer and searched through it, they found that there was various internet searches done at key times, and these related to the decomposition of human remains. So it would it would have got people asking the questions, well, why is he uh, Googling this stuff? Could it possibly be to do with the fact that he put a body in uh, a, a water tank and is, is kind of wondering as to what state that body might be in if it ever came to him having to open it? And... Uh, the theory put forward by the prosecution was that this uh, uh, discovery of the body was staged. He was about to lose, uh, you know, his control uh, or his access to the land because his lease was about to be ended and that he had to do something. So this is what he did. So if I have it right, Shane, the Supreme Court has ultimately decided that the warrant executed by Gardy wasn't proper, the paperwork wasn't properly done. Is that what we're talking about here? It's a little bit more than that. Um, like they, they found that basically the warrant was unlawful. So what was the, the warrant was important because when you go into into someone's house uh, and look looking for evidence, you need to have a warrant from the court. So in this instance, the application for the warrant itemized various items that they were hoping to find. Now these were uh, uh, things that Bobby Ryan had owned that were missing. So you were talking about keys and clothing and so on. And they were kind of hoping to you know maybe uncover some of those things. Um, and although the guards discussed um, the need to go in and look for computers because there could be uh, evidence on a computer that might be, uh, you know, uh, have a bearing on the case and this could be anything from, you know, farm records to uh, stuff that might indicate the, the, uh, the time or the yield from the milking that was done that morning by Patrick Quirk. Um, Although that had been discussed by the Gardaí, they actually left it off of the application and there was no mention made to the district court judge from whom the warrant was obtained that they were contemplating retrieving a computer and searching a computer. Uh, so this was, um, you know, seized upon at the trial and uh, uh, Patrick Quirk's team fought the entry of that evidence. They they questioned the validity of the, uh, of the search warrant, but the trial judge let it through. And in the Court of Appeal, uh, the Court of Appeal said, look, it was suboptimal that... This wasn't actually mentioned to the judge, uh, the district court judge, but um, they still found that the warrant was valid and that the computer was was was, was obtained legally. But uh, we arrive at today where the Supreme Court is saying, "Oh, hang on a second, hold your horses. This is an important issue in 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 the scheme of things." It made a distinction between. Uh, physical space and non-physical space. So the warrant that the guards obtained under the, the, the strict wording of the act is related to physical space. So you could go in and you could take hold of objects. So they could have taken, there was nothing to stop them taking the computer, but um, under the warrant they got, they were kind of, they, they would have been limited to, you know, maybe taking fingerprints from the computer or, 
examining it in some other way, but not actually going into the computer and checking its contents. Um, and uh, the uh, uh, the court noted that the seizure um, for entry into the digital space involves the automatic loss of privacy rights on a vast scale. So it's saying this was if you're if if the guards were going to uh, go looking to seize a computer for the purpose of looking at what's on the computer, then that's something a judge would have to have known in advance, and the judge would have to have kind of weighed up well. You know, is this is this something I can give a warrant for? Um, to be honest with you, Kevin, it, it's it's it seems like uh, at this remove, it, it looks like a bad oversight. Um, like there's no question, but that they would have got the warrant one way or the other. You know, there's no issue here. I don't think there's any issue about you know maybe trying to pull the wool over a judge's eyes or something. You're just kind of looking at at a mistake, basically. And as I said at the top, you're not prone to exaggeration, but that idea that this was a bombshell, what was the reaction like in, in court at this ruling? Like having covered the uh, the appeal in the Court of Appeal, he had 52 grounds there and they were all swatted away by the, the three judges in that court. Um, I, I think that most media who turned up today were kind of expecting you know something of a repeat. It was reduced on this occasion to two grounds, one of which was he was rejected on. But then... Um, Mr. Justice Charlton, uh, as he as he was reading out the the ruling, it became clear that hang on a second, this is kind of going a different way here uh, to what people expected. And in other words, a few jaws on the on the ground, uh, I suppose. Um, but it's it's a very uh, detailed and reasoned. It'll take a little time to digest, and and by both parties, I presume. Were there any of Bobby Ryan's family or Patrick Quirk's family in court today? No, there wasn't. There wasn't. There was no one there from either family. We have been speaking to uh, Bobby Ryan's daughter since uh, Michelle Ryan, and she she too has said, "Look, she's going to need to take time to to take in the ruling." We don't know fully, but could we be looking at a retrial? That is a distinct possibility. I mean, the court was very clear that the only order it was making was that this search warrant was invalid. So it said uh, the implications of that uh, will have to be discussed further. So there's going to be another hearing set. And um, this will basically be one where the state and the uh, uh, counsel for the defence are going to basically put forward their arguments as to, as to what should happen next. I wouldn't be surprised if the state took the line that, look, um, this was inadvertent. Okay, so there's, there, is, there, there is case law there that uh, evidence obtained illegally can still be considered if the illegality was inadvertent. Um, and I, 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 I would be surprised if the state didn't put forward that line. Uh, on the other side of things, you've clearly got... Uh, a defence team who have consistently said all along that look, this was illegally obtained uh, evidence and has to be excluded. And um, you know, if they went through on that, then you're into well, okay, if this evidence was to be excluded, well, what other evidence is there? Suddenly, the jigsaw isn't as clear, perhaps, as it was in the first trial. Yeah. So, like we've 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 heard this sort of arguments made say in in the uh, the court of appeal with Graham, with the Graham, Graham Dwyer case where uh, you know the arguments being made there in relation to um, uh, the admissibility of mobile phone metadata and um, uh, the attack that taken by uh, the state in that on that side or in that particular case was look um, even if that evidence was to be excluded we had ample other evidence 
And if you cast your mind back to uh, uh, the trial of Patrick Quirk, there was an awful lot of evidence. Now, albeit circumstantial, uh, but there was heaps and heaps of it. And the question then is, well, if you interwove all of those and took out the strand that involves the computer evidence and this these searches about decomposition, are those remaining strands strong enough to support a conviction? So these are the questions that are going to have to be tossed around and considered. And, you know, we're, t we're talking about the Supreme Court here. So, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure there's, there's probably other things that they'll end up considering as well. Um, but they're not going to take any decision lightly in regards to consequences. My thanks to Shane Phelan for joining me today. And you can keep up to date on the latest on this story on independent.ie. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode was produced by Tabitha Monaghan and Siobhan Maguire, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. If you enjoyed the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. Listener.